0: Hey, we have Chris Robinson, the Managing Director at TJM Institutional Services, joining us to talk commodities. Chris, welcome. Happy Monday. Uh, right. I wanna, good morning. I want to begin with crude oil shrugging off the weakness we're seeing in stocks. I noticed up around one and a quarter percent. I didn't see any headlines. Uh, what's behind <clears> the bid? Uh, you know, it's
1: interesting. Uh, I think that crude oil maybe got a little bit oversold. It's found support at that eighty-eight twenty level. You and I talk, at least I do, a lot about the halfway back trade right the low in december was 61 bucks the high uh contract high for october 115 and change 8820 is held and i think uh the market's you know gonna fight that level for a while that halfway back level also i pulled up RBOB, and, and you know which is con- consequential as well with the uh, unleaded gas our bob you know went from 187 to 430 this level where it's sitting out this morning it's another one of those technical levels The machines like to trade it, so they don't always work, but it certainly looks like RBOB's trying to find support here at around um, uh, this this current level this morning. I don't have it at the top of my head, but it's a big support level here right now for RBOB. Um, Those are two things that I was looking at. And as far as the why, I mean, at the end of the day, you can only throw so much bad information at the market, and it's going to be like, okay, it is forward-looking. You did mention the stock market. I can't get off here without telling you, you know, we had a, uh, in the Dow alone, okay, we had a two-month, 4,500-point rally. Everybody doesn't talk about that. This low this morning, guess where we're at, halfway back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they might see some people come in here and try and buy this dip or cover their shorts, but these markets are extremely technical. Um, they're giving you, uh, as long as you don't get married to a position, there are some good uh, opportunities here. The people that get hammered in these markets are the ones that Uh, lock in and and can't get out, but there's always an opportunity. And right now we're testing halfway back in the Dow and we're testing, we've already tested halfway back in the crude oil. And now we're looking ahead. And, um, you know, I look at it as opportunity. We've got unemployment coming up Friday. Everybody's going to get their bets on before that number. We've already established the fact that the Fed's not going to stop hiking rates. So at some point that story is going to go away um and now we're gonna maybe get back to trading more fundamental stuff hopefully
0: you know chris i like the bigger picture look here because oftentimes traders i think especially newbie traders get too caught up in that tick for tick and so Kind of taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture, and again, the move, as mentioned here, uh, you know, that we've seen for crude, we are in the halfway back range. And there's multiple markets that you're watching, uh, that we're watching, that are at these current levels halfway back and sort of waiting for that next catalyst. And to your point, extremely technical uh, uh, trade right now and a very dynamic one at that. We've seen some interesting divergences here. You know, we were uh, looking at Arbob as it's come off, uh, as you were speaking to that point. But one thing I've noticed is that heating oil diesels remain really strong compared to some of the weakness we've seen as far as some of the other energy products, And natural gas for that matter. You know, I mean, again, oh, yeah. don't necessarily want to compare apples to oranges, but really speaks to just the, the, you know, impact that these higher energy prices have on this inflation narrative.
1: Well, Natty Gas is flirting with 10 bucks, right? And that's that story is what's going to happen in Germany this winter, right? Yeah. It's, you know at what point does natural gas get so expensive that we talk about building a pipeline from New Jersey to to uh you know Scotland well it's we're like already sending point. we're already sending as much as we can it seems like right right so i mean i'm, I'm kind of being facetious there no right? i understand
0: i understand but i, I think more of right. it's uh, some of their infrastructure i mean how much can they actually handle coming in at this point it seems like uh they've got to do some uh, work on that front
1: yeah and that's the market's working that out right but certainly you see that that's there's a disconnect there. Uh, certainly would not want to be uh, uh, short natty gas without yeah. a, an exit plan. Um, you did mention uh, 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 the, the overall you know, demand thing as well. If we don't go into recession, right, that's the other thing too. We had a horrendous sell-off in crude oil the moment Fair Ched, Fairman Ched about, uh, the Fair of the Ched about, uh, what, six weeks ago, mentioned the word recession. Crude oil broke, broke 30 bucks. I mean, you know. I think people got over their skis on that, and we're seeing that. We're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And again, you you were so correct that these markets are very, very technical. Um, I, I've been doing this for 33 years, and the last two years, these these simple levels have more often than not been real magnets. Now they don't always work; they don't always hold, right? If they did, nobody would be driving an Uber. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're they're levels that help you reassess. Your position. If you're long, you know, and, and you've taken heat on it, it's halfway back level, all right. Do you want to stay long? Do you want to get out? Um, so that's why they're important. It's a becomes a battleground for everybody out there with an opinion that's sitting on Twitter and telling everybody what they think. But when you when you have to cut the check
0: to, to support your
1: position, that's where the Big rubber difference. meets the road.
0: Yeah. Chris, talk to me in terms of uh industrial metals like copper, silver, are they providing any lean for us one way or the other?
1: Another technical level for silver, and I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't really follow silver a lot because it's not not something a lot of my clients trade, but I pulled it up this morning as I knew we were going to talk about it. We're back at a, a big level as well. The low in the pandemic was like 11 and change. We got the 30 bucks. That was the, the tick that everybody said, oh, here we go. We're going to $100 silver, blah, blah, blah. Well, where we are this morning, again, it's one of those retracements, 62% uh, back. I think it's around 1875. We're looking
0: at so it right here.
1: It's 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 a 1164 to
0: 3035. Yeah. yeah, we're basically halfway yeah. back.
1: Yeah, well, actually, it's 62% back. So if you do the whole move, the, those are the, the 50%, the 62% are areas where people come in and reload. Uh, you know, it's just it's a fact. So they don't always hold. Yeah. But if you're a bottom fisher. I can tell you one thing. You know, there's going to be a lot of people getting out of their longs if we trade below 18 bucks. Now, on the other the other side of that, if we go from 18 to 20, you're going to have the people coming out of the woodwork saying, "Okay, here comes hundred dollars silver again." It just it never fails. But that's a big level. And as far as gold, as gold as well, 1675. That's a huge level. It goes back two years. Um, if you look at the move we've had since the pandemic, basically a 400 move. If you bought the pandemic high, the contract high, you're down 20%, 90%. So there are people out there that are again, they're reevaluating their long bet at this level. Are you going to double up? Are you going to bail? Um, so there are levels to watch. Levels equal opportunity. Unfortunately, there's no uh, ca- uh, there's no calculus for buy here you'll make this, sell here you'll make that. Well, what but fun would that be, Chris? To Everybody, everybody comes to those levels. And uh, again, those levels represent opportunity.
0: Uh, if they gave you the high and low before the opening bell, Chris, I mean, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? Let's, uh, let's point out how hopefully silver for the Gold Bulls is not a precursor to what uh, gold can expect to see because, again, some of that weakness through that 23 levels you mentioned uh, didn't slow things down all the way to 18. Uh, let's talk lastly about grains. I know you watched them very closely, yeah. and I was hearing about scouts in the fields over the last couple of weeks and some disappointing results, but yet over the last few days some pretty good rain, which uh, appears to be helping things out a little bit.
1: Well, it's really, corn is king right now, and corn's already gone through pollination. All the rain in the world's not gonna help corn at this point. It's really helping soybeans, so we're past that point. Yes, the national average, according to the USDA, is uh, 174 and change. The crop tour came out, they were, like, well under 170. Uh, So we'll see if the private forecasters... At the end of the day, the USDA doesn't generally make radical changes. They do it over three or four or five months. But if that's the case, if we had lower yields... Lower yields means less product, less product means higher prices, potentially if the demand stays in there. And what has corn done? Corn, we had a kind of horrendous, uh, almost a $2 sell-off. Guess where we're sitting this morning? Again, we're right back at the 62% pullback and we're at two month highs in corn. Anybody that got panicky uh, back in July when we made those one year lows, you know, you got hammered because uh, if you're making emotional decisions, uh, you know, you really don't wanna be trading commodities. So a good bounce in corn, uh, a, a pretty good bounce in soybeans as well. Soybeans you know, are made in August, we'll see what happens, but soybeans, uh, the yield for soybeans was actually a little better than people thought, so that might be a little bit bearish. Uh, but this is the time of the year where um, now we're gonna focus on our harvest, and guess what? We're already starting to look at South American weather mm. because they're gonna get ready pretty soon to start planning for next year. So it's a cycle. <laughs> No, that's the
0: thing to watch. To your point a minute ago, the markets are forward focused, so you'd expect that yes. to be happening. And uh, Chris, lastly, if you could just speak to uh, the dollar strength and the impact it has on some of these commodities. Obviously, again, it depends on the supply demand narrative. It seems like first and foremost, and then traders kind of look to the dollar for some direction. But at this point, the dollar doesn't seem to be the driving force.
1: No, and I, I wrote my letter this morning. I don't know how much higher corn would it be if if we didn't have the dollar at twenty-year highs. Uh, it certainly doesn't help to have the dollar 20 yeah. but to see China still stepping in buying corn and beans at the end of the day if you've got to feed your people you're going to yeah. cut the check yeah you're not going to be st- uh, stutter stepping around because of the currency issue so there there's one issue where the dollar doesn't really impact um, it does it is going to impact probably our uh, uh, you know, stock market prices exports yeah. like that because it's always you know easier to say no if the dollar is higher. But I don't see that going away anytime soon. Um, that, that's been a trend here. The dollar is 20% higher than it was a year and a half
0: ago. That
1: is impacting a lot of things.
0: And to your point, Chris, uh, again, that underlying demand that you see in commodities uh, remains uh, no matter yes. what. So, uh, Chris, appreciate you joining. Thanks for sharing your Monday morning with us here Thanks, on man. the TD Ameritrade Network. Chris Robinson from TJAM Institutional Services.